Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Why, hello, everybody. And good morning and welcome to Fight Club. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Hey, Hey, good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. We are a team of self-employed industry experts, and we are joined this week by our guest, Sean, from Single Ops. Super excited to have you with us, Sean. And can you just give our listeners a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Yeah. So, so my name is Sean. I'm the CEO and founder of Single Ops. Um, I founded the business about a decade ago. Uh, it started as a project for a Atlanta area um, landscaping company. Uh, I was working in there and we built some software for them and they just took off like a rocket. They were at about 2 million annual revenue at the time. They're close to 100 million now. And so early on, we kind of realized we were onto something and that there was a huge need in the industry. And so we quickly, uh, you know, basically built it out for to scale and uh, uh, are really successful in both the, the tree care and landscape verticals. Um, and that's really where we only focus. And uh, fast forward to today and uh, our customers are all across the U.S. and, and every state in the U.S. where uh, they do uh, well over a billion in annual revenue through the software. Um, and we were on the pretty high up on the Inc. fastest growing companies list this year. So definitely by far the fastest growing software in the green industry. Um, and what Single Ops does, it's business management software. So everything from leads, estimates, you know, like the CRM component to scheduling, routing, uh, time tracking, invoicing, you name it, it's pretty much the, the one-stop shop for software. If you're a green industry business. Awesome. I love that. I definitely want to pick your brain a little bit on um, kind of more the sales side today. So I'll kind of leave that for my segment. But um, nice to meet you, Sean. My name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. And I've been working in marketing for about six years and found my passion for helping business owners really understand kind of that pre-process before what you're talking about, right? So how to make sure you're understanding the analytics behind the marketing, how you're understanding to bring in those leads. And then from there, making sure that they do have some system set up to make sure they're really able to capitalize on that marketing. So I'm excited to kind of pick your brain about the system itself that Single Ops can offer the green community. So nice to meet you and welcome to Fight Club. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. <laughs> and good morning. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I have Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource those nasty accounting tasks to me and my team. I do Bookkeeping Academy online where I teach business owners how to do their own bookkeeping in less than one hour a month with no previous accounting or experience required. And I own Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California. And I'm very happy to be back here on this Tuesday morning. And uh, welcome to Fight Club. Thanks. Nice to meet hey you. there, Sean. It's Michelle. You and I go way back. I wore the single ops green. I wore a different green last week, so I'm I'm rocking the colors this week for you. Um, and I'm super excited to have you. 
Um, you and I work together, so we know one another. But for those who don't know me, um, we do outsourcing of your front and back office tasks. So if you need help with customer care, Pink Collars can absolutely stand in the gap for your company. Um, and we work with a whole host of different service verticals. And Tree Industry is where we started, too. So I'm super excited to see you. And welcome to Fight Club, Sean. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> okay. And last, but I guess not least, <laughs> I'm Martha Woodward with... Uh, well, Dusting Divas is one of my businesses. I own a maid service in a neighboring state. So I work as an absentee owner. I co-founded Quality Driven Software. So I also have a SaaS product. Uh, and we're in lots of verticals as far as maid service, lawn care, et cetera. And anyway, welcome to Fight Club, Sean. Nice to finally meet you. I've heard <laughs> lots about single ops, and uh, I'm excited to have you on the show today. Thanks. Awesome. So I actually kind of heard a. I was reading a. I've been reading a book called Everything's Figure Outable by Marie Freo, and mm -hmm. I heard a really cool term that I find really funny for business entrepreneurs because all of us are always like in all these different places, right? We have all these little side projects we're working on, and. In the book, she says that we're just multi-passionate entrepreneurs. So I feel like we should start kind of like running with that because all of us really are. And I'm going to kind of shift my multi-passionate side of me today and talk about sales more because we really don't talk about it as much on the show. So I want, Sean, just for you to kind of briefly in the beginning, give me the importance of having a set up process in your business for leads to funnel in through because... This is something I know when I worked with marketing companies in the past, our business owners really struggled with this. They would sign up for marketing. They would have the leads coming in, but that said and kind of like structured process, right? That you want to have set up and developed was never there. So they never really had the full capability and capitalizing on, on, on all the leads that were coming through. So to you, what is the importance of that? And why do you see that as being one of the foundation pillars of single ops? Yeah. So trying to run a business without a, a CRM, right? Um, you know, somewhere to track your leads, track your sales data, track your sales efficiency. I mean, it's really just like flying blind, um, you know, and, and what you don't realize is how much inefficiency it creates. You know, it may be a process that you're really used to, you know, you may be kind of a one man show and you can, you know, remember everything, your, your CRMs up here. But if you're trying to scale, if you're trying to modernize, it's just, it's just not possible. And so, Really, when, when SaaS products came out, the very, very first SaaS product that became successful was Salesforce, a CRM. Um, and so, you know, obviously, software as a service SaaS is a huge industry now. And so if CRMs didn't really have that value, um, Salesforce wouldn't be the behemoth it is today. Now, while single ops, we use Salesforce. Um, we're the type of company that it's built for a software business. It is not a solution for a landscape business, um, you know, or a tree care business, or really a field service business. The amount of configuration required. Uh, take for instance, so when we were founded Single Ops, uh, our very first customer, um, uh, they actually spent two hundred thousand uh, dollars configuring Salesforce to try to work for their business, and they're a two million dollar a year landscaping company, right? Like that's a huge investment. Not many folks were willing to make that, and it was a total failure for them. So that's just why we don't see that, um, you know, as a successful kind of system within the industries we serve. Um, and that's why we built single ops, one of the many reasons. And so 
when you're able to track leads efficiently, whether they come into the office or whether you're using someone like Pink Collars, um, or you know whether you're you're managing this in the field, you have all that data at your fingertips. You're able to pick up estimates where you left off. You're able to you know track history. And ultimately, you know you're able to get that bid, that estimate, that proposal out to the customer faster. And all the data shows is that the faster you get that uh, in front of the customer the more likely you are to sell that customer. And so uh, to the point where, you know, 80% of estimates accepted are the first ones received, right? So if you, you know, get the call to, to perform an estimate and you take a few days, I mean, those are a few days that they're gonna be like, well, I haven't heard back, I'm gonna call someone else. Oh, they got the estimate faster and you lose that business. So um, for us, you know, this is a really big question, but I'll just kind of hone in on that one thing is just, the ability to drive up sales efficiency and truly understand it um, is what, you know, the system provides. Absolutely. And I want to kind of really focus in on that percentage, right? So 80%, you are more likely to secure that estimate into a job the faster you get to that client. So there are a lot of business owners, like you said, that do run this through their head. My husband was one of them. He would put it in a Google calendar and then tell me, oh, all the information's in the Google calendar. It's fine. When I joined on with him a year and a half ago with business, searching through that Google calendar is an absolute nightmare. I do not recommend Google calendars as a quote unquote CRM to anyone who is first starting. The best investment you can make, and I know I'm kind of stepping on Michelle's toes a little bit systems wise, is making that investment into a CRM because now it ties right back into your leads and your marketing. You're able to funnel them through a process that is structured, that you have reminders that can come through to you. And you're able, like Sean said, to execute on a faster basis to get that estimate out to those clients. So for you guys, do you tend, what's kind of your overall structure? Do you start with the phone call or email that comes in and then immediately, you know, have like a reminder that goes to your clients? Kind of what, what's kind of the structuring behind the doors of single ops there? Yeah. So even though we're, we're super focused on, you know, really kind of two key verticals, uh, tree care, uh, full service landscape, also the supply side. So uh, we have some sod farms and nurseries as well. Um, they all typically kind of have a, a similar sales process where, yeah, it really does start with that request for an estimate. You know, that request for an estimate may be a call to the office, which could be easily logged into single ops as a lead. Mm -hmm. It may be filled out on our customer portal. So this is a really nice tool they can put onto their website where they can just plug it. You know, the customer can request service and automatically loads it into single ops, or it may come from other, some other third party source. So we have an open API uh, that folks can integrate other lead sources into single ops. And we see all sorts of cool uh, integrations there, whether it be from like something like a, a thumbtack or, or something like that, right. uh, they can, you know, integrate that through. So, but that's where the, the lead comes in to that lead tracker. Um, where that what that lead is going to know is it's going to know you know who's the customer is it a new customer is it you know an existing customer in which case it won't duplicate it what are they requesting what job location are they requesting it for because everything here is is job specific so that's really the beginnings of this kind of location based crm functionality and then all the other kind of aspects that you'd want to get and you can configure single ops to do that and then depending on the the type of service being requested it may or may not require an on-site estimate. So that is almost always the case on our tree care side. Um, it is sometimes the case on the landscape side. Um, and that then generates this task in single ops automatically that thing can then be scheduled. And so that's very important. 
understanding, you know, hey, all right, we've logged the lead. What is the next step? The next step is to perform an on-site estimate, in which case in single ops, if you're going to schedule that, you can put it on the calendar, you could do a route planner and, and you know, build out really uh, sophisticated routes for your estimators. Um, but it doesn't have to be that on-site estimate, right? The follow-up task could be anything. It could be just that, a follow, make sure to follow up, you know, in three days. You can have that automatically generated. But the whole goal here, again, is to very quickly be able to perform that estimate and send that proposal, that quote, to the customer. Um, and so that's really that next step is taking that lead, converting it to um, an estimate in our system, performing that estimate, sending that proposal, performing that estimate. That's a whole huge area, right, where there's a lot of variation. Uh, what are you trying to estimate? Are you just simply trying to get a price for a couple services and move forward? Are you trying to estimate your man hours, uh, your internal cost, your margin, your markup through production rates, uh, through item groups and kits? It can get very, very complex. Also, too, what type of job is it that you're trying to estimate? Is it just a one-off service like a tree removal? Um, is it uh, a recurring service like landscape maintenance? Is it some blend like a huge maintenance contract where you've got weekly mowings and then uh, you know twice a year seasonal color along with a turf care package with five applications a year? Uh, it can get complex. And so you can build all that out. And then, but the goal here is speed and efficiency, doing so with like intelligence of the system, right? For instance, a big maintenance contract, you're not starting from scratch every time. It's templatized. You just plug in the pieces you want, put in the, the minimum amount of data that you have, uh, that you need. So maybe just a square footage, it can calculate everything else and then deliver that proposal to the customer. What is really cool on the sales side that we find that are just huge benefits of using a system like this one, when that lead is logged, you understand where the lead source, what the lead source is, uh, whether you're entering it in manually or whether it's automatically coming from one of those lead sources I mentioned. So that way, later on, when it ties together with your estimate, with the work sold, performed, you have all that data as to what your most valuable marketing channels are. So you understand where your best bang for your buck is and where you can double down, triple down and help grow your business. So that data side, that's a really important part on the marketing piece. And then another piece that I really love that folks use is when you're using a system like this, the ability to, to upsell and cross sell. So not only are you able to you know, build an estimate uh, for what the customer has requested, but hey, you're doing a on-site estimate, you're walking around, you're gonna remove that dead tree, but you also notice four other trees are infected with the same pest that killed that other tree. Uh, you know, whether it be emerald ash borer, bark beetle, you name it. That's the whole PHC side of the industry. And so then you can upsell the customer. You can cross-sell them. Say, hey, look, we're going to remove this tree. It's going to cost 4000 bucks. But if you don't want to have three, four more of these expensive renewals, I suggest you get on a program to save these three other beautiful trees you have on your property that are also infected. Uh, that's just one of many examples on how you can upsell and cross-sell using the system really, really streamlined. And so that way, you know, you don't get those pushbacks from your team when you're trying to roll out some new services. It just makes it so much easier. And then it really helps incentivize your sales reps because not only are they able to, you know, generate larger commissions much more easily, but all that data is tracked. So you're able to pull up reports to see who are your top performing sales reps. And, you know, these folks are competitive by their nature. And so just being able to show that data on who's got the highest close rate, who's got the, you know, biggest win rate, like then that's going to actually improve performance across your business.
So those are kind of the steps to ultimately get to what we consider a job, which is then that whole other piece uh, on that. But that's kind of the sales and marketing side. Awesome. I love it. We kind of touched on everyone's topic just by talking about sales. You talked about how you can increase your um, dollar amount on estimates by cross-selling and being able to upsell. And that's kind of where Megan steps in. We talked about the system itself with Megan and or with Michelle, how we go through the specific process to make sure that client is having the same exact experience every single time without a doubt. And then you even talked about how you can use that exact same sales process to benefit your people and culture. It always is amazing to me how when you really sit down and look at the engineering of a business, creating one process, having that sales process, like Sean said, starting with the lead, turning it into an estimate, going to the onsite estimate, upselling if possible, tracking the data, and then being able to adjust marketing and sales from that. Those six steps incorporate all of these four aspects of business that we talk about each week. So I think the ladies are like itching at the bone to get to you next. So <laughs> I appreciate you talking so in-depthly, Sean, about the sales process that you use at Single Ops. And I really think this is an eye-opening opportunity for business owners to implement this if you're not starting this now. So I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Megan so y'all can talk some finances. Oh, so fun. Uh, that like, I don't know, we haven't talked about KPIs in a long time on this show. And we are going to absolutely talk about KPIs, Sean, because it sounds like you probably have a good dashboard to help business owners who are afraid of numbers, like look at the numbers that they need to be watching and playing a game against themselves. But I first have to say, like, I was totally that home service business that tried to adapt Salesforce to my company with Google <laughs> Calendar. Like that, like you just took me back to a really painful period of my life where it was horrible. Um, I also was that business owner that tried to make uh, QuickBooks and Google Calendar my CRM. Yeah, th this is like taking me way back. Uh, so fun. Okay, so KPIs, I haven't asked this question in a long time, but Sean, I'm imagining that in single ops, there's a dashboard. And I'm imagining that you have a bunch of brilliant people on your team that have put together your favorite KPIs to show your users. So I was hoping you could just share with our listeners, what are the KPIs on the dashboard of the single ops platform? And if there's not a dashboard, if I'm like overstepping, what, are, what have you found to be your favorite KPIs uh, to present your users? so that they can make better decisions in their business. Yeah, like every page in single ops is dashboard, right? Every page we're, 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 we're pulling out really important data depending on what you're looking at, right? right. Um, and we have a very extensive report section where you can pull up, you know, dedicated kind of, you know, for instance, like a sales rep dashboard. So kind of going back to that marketing side, we're able to look at each one of your, your, your reps, anyone who's selling business, you might call them a sales rep, you might call them an estimator, um, but you're able to see uh, for any given date range, right? Maybe you want to look at it weekly. Maybe you want to look at it monthly. What their close rate is as a percentage, which is important, but a percentage of uh, number of estimates, that's important. Also a percentage of dollar size of estimates. That's also important. Who's selling the most volume? Who's selling the most money? Um, and then the actual numbers that lie within there. So you know, sales rep A sold 100 grand uh, in this period. Well, sales rep B sold 150 grand uh, out of, you know, let's say 300 grand uh, that was uh, proposed. So they've got a 50% close rate there. So that's. I'm going to pause you for just a second so that we can kind of like digest that. If you are listening to the show or watching the show and you are like an owner operator, let's say you're an arborist or you're a one man show or a one man show plus a helper or one woman show. Um, 
this is still relevant to you. Even if you don't have sales reps, this is still really important to be watching, knowing what your close rate is. I cannot tell you how many times I've given a talk and people are like, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. And that's why software is so important to leverage, right? So basically, Sean has put into, they have put into their software. These are all the estimates that we generated today or last week. And here are all the invoices that went out. Here are all the estimates that converted to paying jobs, which means money in your pocket. And that is the close rate. And they're doing it in a dashboard setting where you don't have to remember Miss Jones and I don't know, Mr. Jones and Miss Sally, like you don't have to remember all the names of what you did last week. They're going to give you one number. And what I love about this number, which I, Sean, I've heard you call it a close rate. I call it a conversion rate. I think that's just like a logistical thing, but that one number is a game against yourself. Um, or if you want to use single ops is data. You guys are data nerds, which makes me super happy. I was looking at your report here, your industry report. You can make it a game against everybody in their industry, in their area, right? Yeah. You've, so you've got good you've data. Got a, you've got multiple sales reps, right? There's value in having that report so you can, you know, have them kind of see how they stack up against each other. But regardless, even if you're a one-man show and you're the only one who's, you know, sending, doing out those, those estimates, don't you want to know how you stack up against the industry? Um, because that's super important, right? You got a 30% close rate on tree service. Well, you benchmark terribly against the industry. And so it may be painful to know, but why are you not, you know, above average there? And certainly you'd want to be above average. Um, you know, if you've got a super high one, you're 80% close rate. Wow. Like, what are you doing that is great? And heck, maybe it is time for you to bring on some new folks so that you can train them to do this. So that is something that's really important as well. Even if you don't have a huge team is to understand these KPIs and then, you know, whether it be through single ops, um, uh, you know, it's tools and resources that we have to offer um, or things that are actually in the app, we can benchmark that against industry best practices and averages uh, and show you kind of where you stack up. Yeah, I love that report. I just dropped the link into the chat. Um, oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the green it's uh, a, it's, report. It's brilliant. Um, you guys have it broken down by service type and by commercial versus residential, which is not usually a distinction we see in these kind of reports. And then you have it broken down regionally, which is beautiful. Another thing I noticed in that report as a KPI uh, was average ticket. And, and you guys actually break it down even further. You break it down between one-time job and recurring service, which I think is really important for your industry and is also important for industries like Martha's and house cleaning, right? So what what are those big tickets for the one-time job? And then what what's happening when they turn into a repeat customer, right? Um, yeah, so there's huge, huge variation there. That's why we break it up. That's why the green industry is a, a complex one because there's just so many different pieces. The average ticket size for a uh, tree service job, for instance, removal could be like 10 times higher than say a turf care visit, right? A turf care application might be a few hundred bucks that uh, tree care removal might be a few thousand. And so, um, you know, and that's just one side of it too. The residential versus commercial, they can be two entirely different beasts. Uh, and, and really folks can care about very different things there. Um, you know, on the residential side, oftentimes they they very much more so care about speed and efficiency because they're, the, the volume of work is important for them. Now, high-end residential, that can start looking a lot like commercial, but then really with large commercial properties, it's much more so about, you know, job costing, profitability per job and all those metrics. Because if you got this huge contract, this huge job, 
you want to be tracking it every step in the way to make sure at no point you're going to lose your shirt. And if so, then what do you need to do? You know, I love that. So I heard um, labor efficiency in what you just said. And I feel like labor efficiency and production rate are really hard to calculate in the green industry. I have sat through many conferences where business owners have been like, my production rate's hard to figure out, you know, and, and then nobody talks about labor efficiency, literally nobody. And that, I love this number. And I think that single ops is designed to make that easier for a business owner, easier to understand, well, okay, we bid this many hours for this job. How many hours did we actually end up spending there? And I think you just gave us a good example of how that applies to residential and commercial um, and to all different types of jobs. It's important to know, are we hitting our metrics? Are we hitting our, our I'm going to say the word budget and most people's eyes roll or glaze over, but are we hitting our budgets so that we can actually run profitable companies? Um, and I love leveraging software for that. And I love leveraging industry specific software because it can really help us make better decisions. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention before I pass you off to Michelle is you had, there's a really great statistic in the singles off report that I was reading this morning, and it is numbers of days to payments. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So that's your AR, right? And that's the kind of the, the biggest thing is, is how much AR do you have outstanding? But what's that average time it takes for, for you to receive payment? Uh, because the longer that is, the worse your cash flow is. And cash flow truly is the lifeblood of these businesses. You know, we're not in an industry that's operating off of enormous margins. Um, and because it is a seasonal business, um, the money can come, in, you know, quite a bit during one time of the year and not during another. So cash flow is king and understanding cash flow and the things that drive it are super important. And one thing that kills cash flow is if you're got an office staff that's out there chasing down checks all day and you're not getting paid on time or you got net 30, but everyone pays on the 30th day. And so there are very, very easy things that you can do to speed that up that just all the data supports so um just like i kind of gave the example of you know all right well salesforce is the you know most valuable you know SaaS company the first SaaS company that really came to prominence their crm hopefully that would kind of prove the value of a crm for a business well credit cards have been around for good lord i mean how, how long have they been around for uh you know and the adoption of credit cards within uh, at least our industry in particular um, is still pretty low. Um, you know, I talk to landscapers all the time where it's like, oh, my customers, you know, they prefer to write me a check. It's like, you actually talk to those customers? It's like, this is the last, they say, this is the last check I write every month. And good Lord, do I not want to do it anymore? And so, not, and, and that's just kind of table stakes, right? Like just accepting credit cards. But accepting them in an integrated system like single ops is a whole nother level if you're doing some off the shelf all right customer go on my website type in your invoice number put in some you know number you think you should pay me for that that opens up a whole other can of worms and duplicate data entry kills efficiency so when it's in an integrated system it you know you send the invoice it gets paid it gets tracked to all that good data that you were talking about before right comparing budget versus actual because a lot of folks would be like, well, heck, I got QuickBooks. I can just send that invoice out and get payment. No big deal. Yeah. But is that going to tell you if your estimate was accurate at all? Is that going to tell you, you know, how efficient you're using your labor, um, how much money that sales guy's making? You know, it's not. And so there's so many missing pieces on 
on why doing it through a system like single ops is better. And that doesn't even scratch the surface with all the other types of kind of intelligent payments, uh, digital payments offerings we have that all they're meant to do is to help you get paid faster. And I'll give you a few other examples. So prepays for uh, recurring services, very, very popular with say PHC, turf care maintenance. Well, you know, you can a single op set it up so that the customer, when they accept that proposal, can prepay for a year of services, get a little discount. So you get that money in the bank up front. Sure, you might be given up, I don't know, 5%, but the customer wants to pay for that. And then that is all cash flow. You just poured in all that money so you can make investments in your company, which for sure are going to grow, you know, more than 5% that you lost based off that discount. Or the time value of money, shoot, just put that in the market <laughs> and you're going to make a return anyways. Absolutely. So, I'm going to pause yeah. you for a minute because I think you're you're going to get into systems with Michelle and I can okay, watch her so being like, okay, that is a system that I want to talk about. No, before, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, before we switch to gears, I just need to wrap up what I heard Sean say for our listeners. Uh, important KPIs that whether you're a one-man show or you have multiple sales reps in the fields, these are games against yourself. And this is how you double your revenue without increasing any expenses very easily. If you watch your average ticket, so that's those cross sales during the estimates. If you watch your conversion rate, so that's how many customers are calling your business or going on your website that you're actually converting into paying customers. If you watch the days to pay, how many days it takes from the time a customer sees an invoice and you have cash in your pocket or money in your bank. We need to be watching these metrics because you can play a game against yourself to improve these, to improve the health of your business. Um, we talked about client acquisition costs briefly, vaguely. <laughs> We talked about labor efficiency briefly, vaguely, but if you had these five key metrics on a dashboard on in front of your face every single day and you watch them improve month after month, your whole business financial story would change. And software, instead of spending all day tracking down these things, software is a great way to leverage that data. So um, thank you, Sean, for sharing that with us. I'm gonna pass you to Michelle and she's gonna talk to you about systems. And uh, yeah, that was awesome, so fun. Thank hey, you. well, I heard you say these two words like multiple times, speed and efficiency. And those are two of my favorite words, too, because I love empowering people with technology to make them not only good employees, but great employees. Right. So when you talk about speed and efficiency and you also mentioned that you have an open API, other than Thumbtack, what other sort of plugins can people put at the front of single ops or what other things are you seeing out there um, that people can use to up that speed and efficiency for the software? Oh, God. Um, I mean, pretty <laughs> much, yeah, it, pretty much any third party, um, you know, kind of lead aggregator. So, okay. you know, Home Advisor, that whole breed of software that folks would sure. go on into. Um, and then a lot of ones that are a little bit more unique. So, for instance, if they've got um, a, you know, marketing team that they're working with, we have some of our larger accounts that will work with like a third party marketing system that will then, you know, pull data in. And so there's a ton of ways that you can basically have single op just pick up those leads automatically so you don't have to enter them. Um, however, that's not the only value of the API, right? You might want to pull that data out to do other more sophisticated reporting. Sure. Um, so it's one of those things that we offer it. Um, not all of our customers 
take I mean, a, a small minority take advantage of it. Sure. Uh, just because it does require some some you know technical know-how on their end. But it's one of those things we're happy to help you with, point you in the right direction on how you can connect that. Uh, but we've seen some pretty creative, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, deployments of that. I love that. So you just came back from GIE Expo. I know that you were traveling. Tell me how you're seeing technology being embraced by the green industry, because I know a lot of tech has been a little bit resistant in the green industry. And tell me how you've seen that change over the last few years, just coming back from oh, out of the field. God, that's a great question. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> and I'll, you know, I actually gave a, a, a talk to our team before trade show season started. We did a, a big presentation and I, I kind of did my my history of the trade shows <laughs> and how technology has been intercepted. And so yep. first GIE, I think it's probably eight years ago, you know, we had a small little booth and folks are coming up, you know, what, what's the cloud? Tell me what the cloud is. <laughs> and, yep. and, you know, why would I need this? And, and at the time too, you know, I'm, I'm a good bit younger. And so I uh, don't have the, the grays in my beard right now. So <laughs> they're, uh, you know, what, all right, you're some, you know, young tech nerd. Well, I'm not going to trust you. You don't understand the industry. Yeah. Um, but we stuck around, you know, um, and we, you know, continued to to learn more and, and learn more about the businesses that we're really, really close to. Um, I mean, you know, part of our story is that we didn't have an office the first three plus years when we're starting the business, literally working out of the office of our first few customers, landscape tree care, just really, really learning their business and, and kind of having that tight feedback loop to build a better product. So as our product evolved. And as some of our competitors' products evolved, mm -hmm. it just helped to build more general awareness. So, you know, the next year's trade show, it wasn't what's the cloud and, you know, <laughs> are you going to go down or whatever? Yeah. It, it was more so, you know, all right, well, show me what you have compared to your competitors. You know, mm -hmm. I am interested. Like, show me what you got. And then it goes to not only am I interested, it's now I know I have to do this this year. Like, tell me how you can show me to, how I can do this in my business. So it's truly evolved, um, but it hasn't evolved as fast as, say, other industries, right? And it won't yeah. continue to evolve as fast as other industries. Um, the industry we're working in, the green industry, you know, no big surprise. Historically, it's been a little bit more resistant to change and resistant to, to technological innovation. Um, we're still in the early innings of folks adopting this software and not just adopting it, right? I mean, you can say, all right, I'm using one of these softwares. But how much of it are you actually using? Because it does so much. I mean, you might be using the stuff that we just talked about, the leads, estimates, all that stuff. But there's a whole host of other functionality when it comes to scheduling and routing and execution and production that we haven't. Uh, are, you know, are you giving your, your crews in the field out, your mobile devices so they can access their routes and do time tracking? Mm -hmm. So I think we're still in the early innings, but it's been really great over the last decade to see the evolution uh, of one education understanding and two uh, really the acknowledgement that this is needed uh, yeah. in their business. The question now is when do they do it? Um, yeah. My last part on this question, I do think <laughs> that COVID was uh, something that really drove that acknowledgement that folks really need this in their business because all the advantages of a truly cloud-based system really kind of showed itself, right? Like, if you can't come into the office, you can work from home. Yeah. Um, you know, True. you can do so much remotely when before you just can't. Yeah. That's so good. Um, out there also, because you're out there with other trades people and you're seeing other technology. Is there anything out there that you're seeing 
people request of the software? Are you getting any questions? People want a specific uh, tool no, or never. communication I, no device. One that, no one. I know. But what are what no, are you I'm, hearing? I'm, right. I'm, I'm kidding. Good lord. <laughs> I know. I'm sure. Yeah. Are you to raise their kids for them? That you know. I know. <laughs> Martha, Martha just rolled her eyes. Martha also owns a SaaS company. <laughs> she knows. She knows how painful. But is there anything that's kind of top of mind that you see that you'll be jumping on in 2022 that people can kind of start looking for? Um, not to put any pressure on you, but just is there anything coming up that we should know about? <laughs> a lot of stuff. So okay. you know, we have a, a roadmap. So we have a, an entire both product team and engineering team, both led by uh, incredible experts older than I am who, you know, have brought a lot of maturation and sophistication to those parts of our business. Um, but some pretty cool things that we've got coming up, you know, we're really targeting a handful of, uh, you know, each one of our verticals kind of giving them love and some really cool stuff. So on the landscape side design build, we've got some really cool things like progress billing. Um, this also applies to, to larger tree service jobs as well. So really cool stuff there. Um, to, to Megan's questions about the dashboards, that's actually a big investment of ours as well. Um, not only do we have, you know, great current reports and uh, an integration to SciSense for folks that might want to do their own dashboard building, hmm. we're building out some kind of advanced analytics uh, in single ops as well, which we're pretty excited about. Uh, and then also on the uh, you know, we, we Taylor, I could have talked about this, this with you, but there's a whole piece within single ops um, of, you know, you know, templated and automated emails and text messages that can go out to assist marketing. Um, and we're really building out uh, a very cool, we call it an automation module. Um, that one we're actually releasing the, the, the first teaser is done. We're going to kind of put out the first version of that this quarter. So that kind of touches a lot of different bases, right? Mm -hmm. um, the uh, sales and marketing aspect, uh, the data and reporting aspect, and then also to kind of specific uh, functionality for the different verticals that we serve. And it allows the business owner to pull that lever when the business might be slowing down a little bit, right? Dump everybody into that automation and do a little bit of touching outreach to those clients that may not have closed. So it does kind of speed up the office and get the phone ringing too. So that's all good stuff. So, oh, yeah. okay. The seasonality component's big, right? So for instance, we're about to enter, you know, the off season for a lot of our customers. Sure. And so this is a time where they're doing renewals. And when you're doing renewals, it's a perfect time to do upsells, right? Yeah. You know, we see that you did our turf care program last year. Would you like to renew that? And if you do, we'll give you a discount off a full maintenance package. Yeah. And so all that is functionality within single ops. Um, and uh, a lot of that is, you know, why we're kind of driving some new feature releases this time of year. Uh, and we expect some pretty high adoption and, and value from our customers for it. Love it. Love it. Okay. I'm going to pass you to Martha. Thank you so much, Sean. Appreciate it. Hmm. Have we worn you out yet, Sean? Keep it coming. <laughs> um, hey, so I would like to talk to you about single ops culture within your own company. And the reason why is because I feel like I learned a lot about culture, the, the good and the bad from my past in the corporate world. And so some of the things that happened when say I was getting recruited to a job, you know, some of that I've taken. And even though I'm trying to recruit people for house cleaning, I use some of those principles 
from the corporate world that people wouldn't ever really think about and they're higher level. So can you share um, kind of overall what you try to achieve with your culture, some of the cool things that you think you guys are doing um, and let's get some ideas for our own business. That would be great. Yeah. Well, Martha, just from our standpoint, single ops as a business and we, we view our biggest strategic advantage as our culture, not even our product, right? I mean, we've got competitors that have similar functionality. Yeah, we do it better, but you know, what's to say they can't build something like that? What they can't build, what they can't copy, our biggest competitive differentiator is our culture because it's so unique to us. And so this goes beyond just, you know, understanding your core values and your mission statement. It really is how you live and drive that culture through your organization day by day. And as CEO, this is now kind of my number one job um, is to make sure that all of our team leads, that everyone, that they're just really excited about the direction that Single Ops is going and that we're recruiting and hiring people that are culture ads, not even just culture fits, culture ads. They're going to help yeah. us to, to grow and evolve our culture. And so certain things that we do, um, you know, one, biannually, we do an EMPS survey. So an employee net promoter score. Um, a net promoter score is typically done, you know, for customers, right, to see, you know, how likely would you recommend our service or our business? Right. We do that within single ops. How likely would you recommend working at single ops to your friends or, you know, colleagues um, or not colleagues, sorry to work at there, but, you know, folks in your network. Right. And with that, you know, we're able to benchmark, create our own score, our own EMPS score, um, but also get really good data from the team. You know, it's just kind of another way to do an internal survey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll see, for instance, you know, I'll open the kimono a little bit earlier this year. We did it in January. Our EMPS score was not very high uh, for our standards. Right. And so we're like, all right, well, we really want to improve that. You know, we really want to drive that. So we listen, folks, you know, we realized they, they didn't really have an understanding of some of the more bigger things that we were succeeding at. And okay. so uh, we decided, hey, we want them to have some more skin in the game. So we rolled out stock option participation to 100% of our employees. So now technically we're, you know, employee owned business. And so we did that based on that low score at the beginning of the year. We also improved health insurance benefits. So single ops covers far more than it was previously. Um, a handful of other things. And all that being said, when we did our EMPS score uh, in the middle of the year, uh, we just, you know, a few weeks after receiving that data, it turned into one of our highest scores. So folks went from, you know, you know, not they're happy, but like, you know, we want it to be better yeah. to now they're so much happier. And that's just in the span of six months by listening and responding and making sure that that's all aligned with our culture. So right. I could go on and on. There's all these other cool things we do there. We've got a, a culture ops committee. We've got, uh, we're actually hiring right now. Uh, a VP of people ops uh, to run this entire part of the business alongside me. So uh, mm -hmm. huge investments we're making there. And we really see that change, the change, change, not just within our business, but how our customers respond to us because it boils down to everything from a, you know, customer support call. When that employee is really bought into our vision and our mission and our culture, and they're the folks we want to work with. And one of our core values is customer success. It just drives up even the smallest little thing, like a single customer support conversation that then turns into a good review for us online. So yeah. super powerful and a huge investment uh, that we make in our business. 
That's really cool. And when you were talking about people on the phone dealing with the customers, I, you know, that sounds so simple to be able to improve that, but it's so hard. And I think a lot of companies just abandon it because it is hard. And, uh, you know, that book, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, who's no longer around, which is so sad. But uh, I remember getting to tour Zappos, which was his company. And that was one of their, I guess I would say core values is that when, I'm not saying adopt this or you should adopt this, but one of the things that they did was they had a rule. You stay on the phone as long as the customer wants to. Like, uh, we are not a company that has a time limit and you've got to wrap up that call. You stay as long as the customer wants to. And they had a story of a near 24-hour call <laughs> where they actually ordered the client or the client, the person on the phone pizza to be delivered to their home. And, you know, but uh, we could go on and on, but I mean, that's culture. That is, that is standing behind what you say. And uh, that was, if anybody ever gets the chance again, Tony Shea, the founder is, uh, no longer with us. Um, but it, you know, I'm sure they're carrying on his legacy. And if you ever get the chance to tour Zappos, which is in Las Vegas, which we're going to all be there pretty soon. It's phenomenal. I mean, it, it is so cool. You'll want to come back and get cereal bar for all your people. And, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I really love that. And one thing that I heard you say that is really powerful and seldom really done is listen and then react. Uh, well, listen and then take action really is a better, a better way. And we can't take action on everything that our employees want, but you can at least communicate the why if you can't, and you're going to try and take action the best of your ability. So yeah. I think that's a real win. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them require, you know, sometimes financial investments, you know, one, we, we bought everyone more upgraded machines, um, but not everyone, you know, has the capital or the resources to do that. Um, but there's so many things you can learn from that. And honestly, just the act of showing that you're listening, mm -hmm. like just doing that alone uh, really just gives so much value across your team. I do want to go back to the, to the um, delivering happiness example and the fact, you know, yeah, you know, not, it's not how long you're spending on the call. It's, are you getting to the a res a resolution for the customer? Right. And so, um, we've all read delivering happiness. And so we integrate that into our processes that drives it all the way back into the metrics and the KPIs that we measure. So one KPI that we don't measure is average time spent on a call. We don't care about that. What we care about is average time to resolution. So that's the one that we look at. 
And so, because we don't care about how long you're talking to folks, we care about how efficient you are in getting them resolution to their answer, because that's what they care about too. Like they don't want to be on the call with you for 24 hours, right? Exactly. <laughs> Most people do not. <laughs> yeah, they want it to be quick. And so really you can take those lessons from the, the culture standpoint and even turn them into metrics and KPIs for your business. ENPS is, is one as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. And uh, I, one of the things just for our listeners, one of the things that I do is if our staff suggests something and it's out of our budget, um, many times I have to say, okay, let me think about that and get back to you. And so maybe I come back to them and I say, I heard you. I heard you say da 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 and say and then I will say at this point I can't afford to do that but if we can trim expenses to this or if we can get to this client count I will add that you know so it's it's very transparent and you still listened and as a team, if we can move this needle forward. So it's just, it really is listening. And if you can not say no to everything, that's a great thing. Yeah. Being transparent about budget and what you're able to do is important setting, setting goals. You know, we, we do uh, OKRs. Um, and so uh, that's also a, a another great book, Measure What Matters. Um, but, and we use a system called Ally, A-L-L-Y, um, which is just this OKR platform that I believe was just acquired by Microsoft. So hopefully that doesn't shy you away from wanting to use them. Um, but, uh, yeah, OKRs, objective key results. We live and die by those. It's just an amazing goal setting, uh, framework. Um, and then, so for instance, you mentioned possibly an OKR, um, you know, and with a bonus attached to it. An OKR would be we need to cut expenses or we need to drive revenue up to this point. And then how are you going to get people behind it? Well, if we do so, now we'll, you know, match your 401k or something. Right. So, um, that's exactly what we do. We have bonuses uh, behind those OKRs very often to drive excitement. But we just got to make sure that they're always in line with our core values um, and just communicating, you know, why and how they are. Right. We, I want to share something really cool we're doing, Martha, uh, with our culture recently. Uh, I know this week's episode is brought to you by Nice Job, and I am a huge Nice Job fan. I, I know you all know I'm always raving about it and talking about it and how great it is. But I had a, a mindset shift recently where I updated my automated emails that were going to my customers to ask for reviews, and I changed the verbiage to say, hey, would you like to tip your technician today? Here's a great way that you can leave a tip for your technician. As a company, we believe in investing our advertising dollars in our people, not in other companies. So if you take two seconds today to leave us a review on these platforms, a nice job curates the experience so that they're leaving reviews on platforms already on, we will don't we will donate. We will give X dollars to your technicians from today's job. You know, thanks so much for being a Jeff Lakes Windows customer. Have a great day. It's been pretty incredible because people now aren't leaving reviews for us. They're leaving reviews for our team, which has really helped our culture. So if you have not checked out Nice Job yet, that is an automated process that is fantastic, that is easy to implement in your business. And you can check them out at git.nicejob.com. 
Um, so I just had to throw that out there because it felt very <laughs> culture related and our technicians are happier because their bonuses on a weekly basis are going up and up and up. And they love when Jeff prints out these like reviews that have their names in them. I mean, that makes them really proud and happy and feeling satisfied with their work. So thanks. Nice job for being a sponsor. And thanks for bringing me more money to my company every single week. <laughs> yeah, that's a win win because your employees are happy. They're getting more tip or bonus money. And then it's bringing more customers to you because you're more visible through SEO. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, Taylor, take us away maybe on homework. What do you say? All right. I'm going to apologize now for the snoring pug in the background. <laughs> it's knocked out on my couch and very loudly snoring. So I apologize. But homework, uh, just to remind everyone how homework goes, we are about to go ahead and give you four to five pieces of homework. So we ask you just to choose one. Just pick one piece of homework that spoke to you this week. That's something you know you need to implement. And I, I like to think to choose it based upon fear, excitement, and kind of need to do it. So if you've been pushing this off, if it's something you've been needing to do, or it's something you're really excited about, those three key factors are a way to be able to choose what piece of homework you're going to move forward with. And if you need any help in the homework or you forget what the homework is, we do have an accountability group that you can be able to access and get help with the homework and make sure you're accomplishing it. So marketing homework is going to be based upon my conversation with Sean about sales. And I want you to look at your sales process. Do you even have an option to funnel leads after you get them, to organize them, to know where they're coming from, and then know if you've even contacted them and if you've done that on-site estimate. Just asking yourself that question of, do I have this process yet? Or what is the process and how can I make it more fast and efficient like Sean was discussing? Maybe it is using a company like Single Ops. Or if you do use a company like Responsibit and making sure you're putting them through that software. These types of things can help you become more efficient and fast with your business. So take a look at the sales process and then also see if you need to implement some form of software to make sure that's getting pushed forward. Awesome. And as a reminder, just choose one. We only want you to do one homework assignment. Your money homework this week is to write down some KPIs in your business. And I know that sounds weird. I know like we're talking about leveraging technology and let's use our dashboards. But I really love this idea of measuring where you're starting and where you're going, because that is literally dollars in your pocket as an owner. So write down where you are right now today, average ticket conversion rate. Let's start with those two. Maybe, maybe gross sales for yesterday. How many, how much was your sales for yesterday? Write down those three numbers. And then I, I challenge you to look at it at the end of the week and see, is it different? Did it change? And you might feel like, oh, that's not, that's not soon enough. But this is how we start to implement change is we measure what matters. I love, I put that book in the, uh, the chat here. That's a great book, Sean. We measure what matters and we're actually keeping our eye on the ball. So if you looked at these numbers every single week and every single month, I guarantee you, you have more money in your pocket by the end of 2021, by the end of this year. So, and uh, if you want to hack, I'm a millennial, millennial hack, get software like single ops. If you're in the green industry, get single ops so that you can actually use technology to calculate these numbers. And your systems homework, I already filled it out online. I totally am doing my own homework before I even assign it, is to check out ally.com. I didn't even know something like this existed. So, Sean, that was like my biggest takeaway for today. Um, so I want every business owner to check it out, see if that's something they could share with their team. I'm going to take it for a test drive and I will report back. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Cool. Cool. I love it. 
and your people homework. Um, I want you to survey your employees and figure out a regularly timed system for surveying your employees, because here's what happens. If you don't have it timed where you do it monthly, quarterly, biannually, I would not ever go below biannually. But uh, if you don't have that regularly scheduled, if things aren't great, you want to not survey. So it needs to be very scheduled. And I like to do, a, let's get where they're at right this minute. And then what would move the needle one point? So if you rate me a seven, what could we do to raise it one point? And the reason I like adding that one little thing is because it seems broad. And when you say, how can we do better? It doesn't spark the comments, but when you say that there's something about visualizing the one point that people can hone in and get a little bit more specific. And then that's when you listen. And Sean, if you want to give homework, you most certainly can. Or if you don't want to, you don't have to. I don't want to be the meanie my first time joining. So <laughs> I'll, uh, okay. They have homework for me this time. Yeah. Well, Sean, how can everyone be able to reach you then? If they do have questions about single ops or wanting to talk to you personally, what's the best way for them to contact you and your company? I, I just say go go to our, our website um, and uh, fill out our, our one of the forms. And uh, that immediately sends it into um, one of our systems that we use, uh, which, you know, if you want to talk to me, just let, let folks know and they'll pass along the message. Um, but But yeah, and we also do have live chat uh, on our site. Another thing I highly recommend that mm -hmm. I don't nearly enough folks uh, in our industry using. Um, but uh, but yeah, just start talking to us and uh, ask whatever questions you got and we'll give you the answers. Awesome. Love it. And we always end, Sean, with the quote of the week. And I felt like you just touched on this in every single one of our topics today. And it's company culture is the backbone of any successful organization by Gary Vee. You can't go wrong with one of his quotes. So Absolutely. thanks everybody for joining us. And thanks so much, Sean, for hanging out with us today. And for those of you headed to TCIA, Doug and Taylor are going to be in the booth there starting on Wednesday afternoon and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So go check them out and go by and say hi to everybody there at Stop TCIA. The and well. so we'll be, we're neighbors. We're right next to each other. Oh, so okay. come, come say hi to everybody there at TCIA in Indianapolis. Okay. And awesome. the Fight Club will be in Las Vegas. Yeah. In what? 12 short days. We're going to yeah. be in Vegas, baby. And we'll have room at our happy hour. If you would like to join us, we will drop that Eventbrite link in the chat. We have Alonzo Adams joining us live from Las Vegas uh, the night before the ISSA show starts. So we'd love to buy you a drink and we'd love to hang out with you. And wow. thanks to Jobber for sponsoring. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. With Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.